Experience the beauty and emotion of Lent and Easter with Christianity Today's newest devotional, Easter, in the everyday. Thoughtful readings from a variety of pastors, theologians, and writers invite you into the emotional stages of Christ's journey, from humility to hope to love. Beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending at Pentecost, this digital devotional is perfect for individual or group study. Get it today at orderct.com slash easter24. We spend a lot of time on podcasts like this predicting the future in various ways. But as we do that, we know life is really unpredictable. And as the scripture says, we do not, uh, we do not know uh, the number of our days. And that's why it's a really important thing to have a will uh, to protect yourself and your family. Christianity Today has partnered with Epic Will to walk you through the entire process of creating a will in as little as 10 minutes. You don't have to have a law degree uh, to be able to walk through this, and that's why it's really helpful. So visit morect.com, that's M-O-R-C-T.com, will, that's morect.com slash will to get started today. Hello, this is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. I heard recently from a listener who asked uh, what a Christian should do if one is uh, feeling guilty and uh, has difficulty getting over feelings of guilt. And I, I, I really understand that question because I think virtually every Christian has grappled with this. Um, at some point or other, and many Christians grapple with it for all of their lives. And so I think it's an important question, one that the the New Testament speaks of uh, repeatedly. If you feel guilty, even though you know in terms of your your mind that you've been forgiven through the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, I think one of the reasons that that's a difficulty for a lot of people is because we tend to think if we just know something cerebrally, then we know it. When I think biblically, the knowing of, of certain things is much deeper than just the cognitive, not what we think about. So when the scripture tells us to have our minds renewed and to have the mind of, of Christ, I don't think that's simply about having facts. It's about having a, a receiving heart, the, the core of who you are uh, being continually renewed. And so I think sometimes people can know on paper, okay, I am justified through faith in Christ. That means that there is therefore now no condemnation uh, for those who are in Christ, but who can have a great deal of difficulty actually feeling that and holding to it. So sometimes people want to continually look back and say, but what about this uh, that happened in my past? Or, or what about this that I still uh, am, am grappling with and, and struggling with? And I think there are, there are several things that we ought to think about as we try to wrestle with that or as we try to help other people to wrestle with that. I think the first thing is to recognize in terms of if you're feeling guilty about something is to diagnose who you've sinned against. And so sometimes we have sinned only against God. There are things, and that's only, is not to minimize that because the the greatest way that we can sin at all is against God. But 
sometimes the, the sin that we, we have is something that, that isn't disrupting a relationship with someone else or with some other group of people, but with, with God. And I think when that's the case, one of the things that we, we desperately need is to remember that in the, in the Scriptures, God is the one, God the Father is the one who is wanting to forgive in the first place and wanting to reconcile in the first place. He sends his, John 3, only begotten son so that you would not perish. He, he does not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And I think sometimes even those of us who know better theologically can sometimes get into the mindset that God is an accountant who is trying to catch us in something. And so we're constantly trying to to think through, well, is my faith strong enough? Have I been justified enough? Have I met all of these requirements? And sometimes we can, even with our faith, end up in the very same kind of works righteousness that Romans chapters uh, 1 through 4 is is confronting. I mean, when the Bible speaks to us very seriously about our sin. Think of Romans 1, Romans 2, Romans 3. But that isn't in order to frighten us or to discourage us. It's exactly the opposite, to say all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're not unusual. You're part of of one big humanity where everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you are in Christ, then God's justice has been met. God has, as, as he says later on in Romans, he has condemned sin in the flesh of Jesus Christ. So what we don't need to do is to try to uh, assume that our depth of feeling in terms of how we work up a sense of feeling of repentance and a feeling of faith uh, is, is the way that God forgives us, that the faith is our looking to Jesus Christ. He is the one who satisfies the demands of the law. He is the one who shed his blood for our sins. He is the one who is living right now as a high priest to intercede for us. So when when Hebrews says that when we pray before God, that Jesus, our high priest, is interceding before him with his own blood, that, that shows us Jesus is actively involved. He knows what it is that you have uh, gone through in terms of uh, what the book of Hebrews says, we, we have one who has been tempted, and so he is able to sympathize with those who are being tempted. That doesn't just mean that Jesus gets you psychologically as someone who shares your, your nature. It also means Jesus knows you. He knows your past, he knows your present, and he nonetheless is eager to stand before God on your behalf with his own blood so that God doesn't see you with your past. He doesn't see you with your struggles and your your failings. He sees you exactly as he sees the Lord Jesus. You are hidden in him, as Colossians 3 says. 
And so we, we have to constantly be reminding ourselves of that, and you're not deficient if you have to continually uh, confront this issue. I feel guilty, and I have to be reminded of who I am in the gospel. The whole New Testament is doing that repeatedly, saying to people, remember who you are, remember. And as a matter of fact, the whole Old Testament is doing that. Remember that God is, is merciful, that God is long-suffering, that he has put your sins uh, away from you as far as the east is from the west. You are going to have to continually be reminding yourself of that. And you also need to recognize that when we are feeling guilty and we're, we're grappling with things that we've done against God, one of the important pieces there is having an understanding of confession. I mean, First John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The scripture also tells us to confess our sins to one another. And I think one of the problems that we as evangelical Christians sometimes have is unlike uh, Roman Catholics who are able to hear a voice that says, you are absolved. I think that we sometimes want that. And I know we have many Roman Catholics who listen to signposts, and so you can just sort of listen in at this point about a, a struggle that, that evangelical Protestants have. I, I think sometimes it's, it's necessary to speak with someone else in confidence to say, these are the things that I'm feeling guilty about. These are the things that took place in my past that, that continue to haunt me and continue to accuse me, and to have that other person not acting as, as dispensing some sort of, of grace to you, but acting as a fellow priest. We are priests to one another uh, in the New Testament, to be able to pronounce to you, remember, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. You are forgiven of that sin. We need to remind one another of that. And we need to, to speak to one another about that. And one of the things that I think sometimes causes a problem is we really want to suffer enough to pay back uh, whatever it is that, that one feels guilty about. I see that happening a lot in people's lives. I see that happening in my own life. And, and that betrays a sense of thinking that somehow we can atone for our sins. There's nothing you can do to atone for whatever it is that you that you are continually being accused of. And so it doesn't matter whether or not you continually beat yourself up about that. That is not going to pay the penalty or undo the effects of that sin in your life. Instead, what we need to do is to see there is a full atonement that has happened in Jesus Christ. And so every time that I'm tempted to do that sort of thing, to, to, to beat myself up, I just need to be looking continually to the cross and being reminded continually of the cross. Now, in a lot of situations, there's a sense of guilt that is not only directed toward God, but it's also directed towards someone maybe a, a spouse or maybe a, a friend or maybe a, a fellow church member or, or, or someone as a, co- a co-worker or, or what have you. you. You've sinned against someone else in the past. I think one of the important things there is to first of all say, is there a way for me 
to try to bring about reconciliation in this situation. And so maybe you're a husband who years ago cheated on your wife or, or at any point cheated on your wife. Or maybe you're a, a person who you mistreated a coworker or an employer. Uh, maybe at some point you embezzled money or, or, or something in the past. Or maybe you just broke a friendship and, and you're, you're looking back and you're realizing I acted wrongly in that friendship. You need to say, are there ways that I can bring about reconciliation here? Not in order to, to somehow um, atone for your sin, but because that's, that's what God has called us to do. So with Zacchaeus, um, he is paying back the money that he has, he has stolen. When Jesus is teaching about bringing your, your gift to the altar, if you have a problem with your brother, go settle it with him and then come to the altar. So we're trying to find those points of reconciliation with other people. And what I would counsel you to do in that situation is one of the things that you're in almost any human interaction, whether it's a a church conflict or whether it's a marital conflict or uh, just a a conflict between two people over, over any numbers of things, because we're all sinners, there are always going to be uh, are usually going to be levels of sin in both or all parties. Certainly, if we look hard enough, we can find those sorts of things. That is not your responsibility. And so even if you've sinned against someone and someone has sinned against you, make sure that not only are you giving up the kind of beating yourself up, an accusation about the way that you've, you've hurt someone in that situation, but also that you're not holding on to a record of wrongs that has been done against you. And so there may be situations where the thing that you need to do is to say to someone, will you forgive me for the way that I acted or the way that I treated you or the way that I did something? And you're going to have to know in terms of that other person uh, knowing that other person or knowing those other people, what's the right venue to do that in? Uh, it might be that you call someone. It might be that you go to see that person. It might be that you you stand up in that church during testimony. I mean, I, I don't know. There's There's a thousand different possibilities that could be there. But the important thing for you to know is that don't hold that other person or that other group accountable to forgive you. I mean, I think one of the things that we, and one of the things that we do is presume upon other people's forgiveness. And if if people don't forgive us when we've asked for it, then we become very angry. And that's really a sense of entitlement. We can't control whether or not other people forgive us, and we need to have compassion upon people who may not be at a point where they're ready to forgive. Or maybe it's people who have forgiven you, but they don't know how to communicate it. I mean, there there are all sorts of situations. You're not held accountable for how the other person responds. And it may be the other person responds or the other group of people respond much, much later down the road. That's, That's between those people and God. You do what you can as the scripture says, as far as it is possible with you to live peaceably with all people. And sometimes the kind of anger that we have, well, I can't believe that this person won't reconcile with me, 
is itself a manifestation of a, of a heart that still is trying to protect itself and still is trying to lash out. And so just recognize that and, and know that and say, God, I need your presence to continue to, to heal this, this place within me. And I think one of the big issues here is that sometimes we need to recognize that our continuing to go back and to focus on things that are in the past in terms of guilt sometimes is a manifestation of pride because sometimes we're we're so focused upon ourselves that we think the way that i sin is so great and the way that i have have hurt people or hurt situations is so great that god cannot forgive that and to that the scripture says who do you think you are who who do you think you are that God, that your sin is somehow greater than God's grace, when in fact, God knew everything about you when providentially he sent the gospel to you wherever it was that you heard it. He knew it when he sent it. And I think sometimes our, our pride can just say, yes, 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 yes. I know that the gospel comes to sinners, but not sinners as great as I am. That requires the humility to receive. So just as Simon Peter, when, when Jesus kneels down to wash his feet, Simon Peter says, no, 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 you're not going to do that. That's not a sign of a humility on the part of Simon Peter, even though it may seem to be that way. It seems like the, oh, no, 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 you're not going to get the check here at the dinner I am. Uh, you're not going to wash my feet. Seems like humility, but it's not. It's actually pride. Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, then you can have nothing to do with me. Peter is assuming that he, he isn't in need of this washing. And probably, Peter, there is like many of us, it's, we don't want to be in someone's debt. Jesus says, no, no, no. The gospel means that you are going to receive the washing of pure water that I am bringing to you. Now, that takes an entire life for us to get it. And that means that what we need to do is to, when you start experiencing those feelings of guilt, don't freak out about that. Recognize and know that First John says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us of our sins. We recognize and know that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, but there is darkness in us. And the light of Jesus Christ continually exposes that within us. Don't cause that to throw you. Cause it to say when you experience that, to say, ah, yes, this is a reminder that I am a sinner, that I am in need of the grace of God, and the only people who can come before God in Jesus Christ are people who are sinners. And so I recognize that. I receive that. I will not say that I have no sin. Because to do that is to deceive myself and to call God a liar. I'm instead going to embrace the forgiveness and rest that comes in Jesus Christ and remind myself, I don't live anymore. I'm crucified with Christ. And the life that I'm living is not my life at all. It's his. So that's not my backstory anymore. My backstory is his backstory. That's not easy to do. It takes a whole lifetime. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts.